0: Uh, G'day and welcome to the show. My name's Scott Gibbons and this show is called On the Road. Why is it called On the Road? Because we go out on the road. We go and see different places around Australia, even if it's just through the eyes of the radio. But, but, it looks like some of our borders are opening up again, so we might be actually able to go and see some of the places that we're going to talk about today because today we're going to be touring various parts of Australia in the show and we'll be talking about caravans and motorhomes and camper trailers and tents and all the things if we can fit all of those things in because it's a power packed show today I'm telling you it's power packed so where are we going to go well I reckon we should start off with whom oh by the way before I start that off this is show 72 so if you're a regular. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for sharing the show. And if you're new, welcome aboard because you're going to learn so much mate. So we're going to go to Hermansburg. Hermansburg in the Northern Territory. Now, Hermansburg is H-E-R-M-A, double N for November, S-B-U-R-G. So it started off as an Aboriginal mission and it's famous, famous for Albert Namajira. That's where he came from. So, and he would, would paint in landscape or do landscape watercolours and they, they became a feature of so many lounge rooms around Australia. In the 60s and 70s, it was likely that you would have, uh, I would say, a print <laughs> of an Albert Navajira because they're just iconically Australian and he he pulled colours in. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So it's a wonderful, wonderful place. You've got to go there. It's like a German mission and still like that. So it's it's the name of the place, it was the local Aboriginal group called Aranda, A-R-A-N-D-A. But by the eighties they'd changed the name to Arunty, uh, but they've gone back to being Aranda. <laughs> so which is terrific. That's really good. Now if you want to learn more about it, then you go on to hermansburg.com.au H E R M A D-N-S-U burg dot com dot au, but it's about hundred and twenty k southwest of Alice Springs. You go via the Larrapinta Drive, and oh, it's beautiful. But Hermansburg was named after the town of the same name in Germany when, and there was two Lutheran missionaries who established Hermansburg Mission back in about eighteen seventy seven. So when you go there, there's so much to see and do because the Hermansburg buildings, the National Trust. Classifies the heart of Hermansburg, which is known as the hermansburg historic precinct and it's it 's just magnificent you 've got some significant buildings. It was the first, the first European built settlement in central Australia. Would that have been hot eh would that have been hot? no air conditioning, no electric fans nothing so the the precinct now consists of sixteen remaining buildings there 's a cemetery there as well that 's about two and a half acres of land for that. And, and it was just terrific. So the Lutherans arrived there in about 1877 and most of the buildings were built from uh, stones from the Fink River, which is nearby, and the mulga logs and lime made locally in a, in a constructed kiln that they did locally there. And they, they built a school and a mess house and a manse and living quarters and all those things. So now it's an excellent place if you want to go and purchase authentic Aboriginal art. They, they reckon this is the place to go. And the artists, which are mostly elderly women from the local community, they work on their art and and the end products, and they're sold without commercial intervention, which is terrific. So all their art is sold. All the art in the in the galleries in Alice Springs is sold there, and the watercolors are in the style of Namajira, and they also do the dot painting as well. So. And if you want to go to uh, Fink, then you can do that there. One, one of the things to do also is the Palm Valley Walk. Oh, the Palm Valley Walk—that's that. You do need a four-wheel drive because it's four-wheel drive only country. So the last sixteen k is along a rocky bed of the Fink River and its tributary, which flows through Palm Valley. But Palm Valley—are oh, you going to be impressed by that? If you get a chance to see Palm Valley, you're going to be impressed. It's just terrific. It has over four hundred plant types, and 30 of those are considered very, very rare. So you'll get a fact sheet and a four-wheel drive route, and then you should be just fine. But the history of the place is fabulous. history of the place is just, you know, if you go and really do some good research on this, oh, you're going to be so impressed. (laughs) Yeah. But the first Europeans into the area were explorers attempting to cross Australia from east to west, and they were using the Fink River as an important part of the route. And then in 1877, two German Lutheran missionaries. How far is that from Germany to find yourself in Central Australia as a German Lutheran missionary? By golly, you've got to be keen. So they'd walked from Bethany in the Barossa Valley and then they'd established this Hermansburg mission and then they brought in livestock and equipment and they set up a permanent mission. By 1879, they'd got a school organised. 81, they had the ministry, which was so successful that they'd already baptised seven boys and a girl. So away they went. But the pastoralist then came in about 1880 and it just went from there. So now you can go there. So if you want more information, then you just go to hermansburg.com.au and you'll find that if you want to, there's even a lovely tea room there called the Kataanga Tea Room and that's open for lunch and morning tea and afternoon tea. So you can do that. There's some cabins for accommodation. There's some caravan sites. So, oh, how good is that? Do you want to go? I want to go. I <laughs> think I haven't been there yet. Haven't been there yet. So, hey, as, as I look at these things for you, I'm looking at it for me, and I think, oh, day by day, we're getting closer. Day by day, we're getting closer to going. Why don't we have Colleen Hewitt sing day by day for us? I think that would be good. Are you ready for Colleen Hewitt? I am. Here she comes now.
1: Pray to see
0: Don't you just love Colin Hewitt's voice. It is just amazing, and she's still singing now she's still singing, still doing it just phenomenal person. so where are we going to go now? I reckon I reckon we might head down to Victoria because I think we're about to be allowed back in there again, and that's going to be so good, isn't it so good. Be a bit like a gold mine down there, I reckon. If you're going to go for a gold mine, we might as well go down and see what they term the gold field. So gold was discovered in Victoria about oh, roughly 150 years ago, and it and it's just left a rich, a, a lasting legacy, and every town in the gold fields today still has still has some value from the discoveries back then. So there's some beautiful villages. You might go to Bendigo or Ballarat, well, they're not just villages there. Major, But there's villages like Maldon and Castle, Maine and Heathcote and Denoli. And if you look back just that little bit, some of the, the history of Sovereign Hill and the central Deborah gold mine, they just give you some fascinating insights into the thriving gold rush life back in the 1850s and 1860s. So, oh, amazing. But the, the, the goldfields region... It's now an arts and a cultural haven, so you've got outstanding galleries and rich collections of local and European art, and you can wander through two of Australia's finest regional galleries, that's the Art Gallery of Ballarat and the Art Gallery of Bendigo, or the Bendigo Art Gallery, and you can explore some amazing art scenes in Castlemaine and you can make time, if you can, for the Edwardian and modern works at the Castle Main Art Museum. So if you're into art, oh, you've got it covered. You've got it covered. But there's there's smaller collections, there's private collections that you can seek out as well, and there's some contemporary art galleries and some artist studios and they're just dotted all over the region. And then you've got the flavours of the region. So you can take a break if you wish from exploring for gold. I don't know that you want to do that, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you got to take a break, you might as well have something good to eat because there's some fabulous local produce new with cafes and restaurants. And again, they're all the way through the region. And there's some stellar restaurants as well. Oh, stellar. And, and they make use of the region's fine, fresh produce. And that's one of the things you'll notice down there is they're very into... Their own produce, very, very into it. You don't just get something, they'll tell you where that something came from. They've got a real pride in that. So it, it's the the locals, they really embrace that cafe culture, that food thing and and you can sample locally produced wines and olives and apples and cheeses and more direct from the farm gate or or the providors, and and you'll get the history on it, which is just terrific. So and then you might get a taste for Heathcote's famous Shiraz. And there's new varieties of the Cellar Door in Ballarat and Bendigo and Heathcote. And make sure you keep in under the 05. Make sure you do that. Do it properly. Do it properly. And then you've got the outdoors. So you can explore. There's about 210 kilometres of goldfields track that you can wander through. And there's beautiful stately gardens. And some of those date back oh, to about the 1860s. But you might go to Beaufort. That's B-E-A-U-F-O-R-T. Beaufort or Avoca or Talbot. Maryborough, Malden, Heathcote, we just mentioned Heathcote because it's famous for that Shiraz, Dunolly, Castlemaine, Bendigoat, Ballarat. All you've got to do is, if you go on to say visit Melbourne, you'll find some of those things, and and that's just going to be amazing for you. You're just going to discover so many things to do. So you can go in and you can go to the museums because the, the museums that are there and the art galleries that we mentioned and the wildlife parks and the farmers' markets and the lush gardens and the golf fields, you, you can explore. And there's some fabulous stories, fabulous stories. So, you know, you might, you might want to go to um, oh, Sovereign Hill. Now, if you haven't been to Sovereign Hill, oh, you've got to go to Sovereign Hill. That's just, that's just terrific. Sovereign Hill is just terrific. It's one of those iconic places that it's um, well, it's a reenactment type place. But it's, it's so genuine, you know, so genuine. You can feel that you're really living in those times because everybody tries to make it feel like you're living in the 1850s and it's in that gold rush era. So it's been named Australia's best major tourist attraction four times. That's how good it is, four times. It produces unique, a a real unique, it's an Australian experience, it's a full day of entertainment, so when you go there, you might not do it all in a day, but I'm telling you, it's worthwhile and visitors go back and back and back and back. I think I've been there three times. It's just that good and you've got terrific activities. You've got troopers running around and you've got red coats running around and you can pan for gold and go to the diggings, and, and there's coach rides and, oh, so many things to do. It's just fabulous. But, but you might also like to go through the Gold Rush history. You might like to do, oh, amazing things, amazing things. But the food and wine, oh, if you're into food, if you're into wine, you'll love it because the regional varieties down there are fabulous. You've got three significant wine regions. This is in this whole Goldfields area. So you've got Bendigo and Ballarat and Heathcote. Bendigo and Heathcote, they're famed for their Shiraz and their Italian varieties. And and then Ballarat, well, it's got that, uh, it's famous for its cool climate wines. And then you've got fresh produce. Oh, fresh produce. It's sort of like a, from the vine to the village, the village to the vine, it's that sort of thing. It, it, when you're in that region, you've got so many farmers' markets going on and there's events that are run monthly, again in Bendigo and Ballarat and Talbot and many other towns and villages within the area and they just showcase their product and they stock up on regional specialties and that's what you can do. Or You might get some bulbore sausages or some, some locally pressed olive oil or some craft beer or chocolates or goat's cheese or... Crispy apples, juicy pears and ciders, whatever you want, it's down there. There is so much for you to do. And, of course, there's events on as well. There's always events on. If you go down there, there's events that you will just really, really enjoy. So you've got summer celebrations, so you can do all of those. You've got autumn magic. So at Easter, you'll see Sun Loon, which is the Chinese Dragon Parade, and it goes through the streets of Bendigo. for. It's a four-day Easter Festival. Now let's hope, let's hope that Easter is <laughs> happening because <laughs> last year Easter wasn't that much fun. Do you remember? We all had to sort of stay inside for the Easter Bunny. So now if we might just make it. We might just get through. I think the government's have done a great job. So you've got the Winemakers Festival, the Bendigo Winemakers Festival. That's in, in uh, Roslyn Park. So many things. You've got Pentecost craft beer and you've got a cider festival and you've got the Castle Main State Festival and there's arts festivals. Winter, there's more things going on there because you can sample winter delights in the farmer's markets. and Oh, you've got literary events down there. You've got twinkling lights and markets and entertainment and winter wonder lights at Sovereign Hill. I'm telling you, I'll, I'll mention Sovereign Hill again and again and again. If you don't go you're missing out it is that good it's genuine and it's wholesome it's historic it's nice the kids will love it you will love it it's just one of those fabulous things uh, sydney used to have something similar called old sydney town but uh, that 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 didn't work but sovereign hill really really works and and when you're there make sure that you stay for the for the eureka stockade display because that is amazing. You've got to stay for that. That's around about twilight. If it's around about twilight, then we've got to listen to Billy Thorpe, haven't we? Because Billy Thorpe does Twilight Time better than anybody. Now, on this show, we only play Australian music, so all the music, and you're welcome to write into me, send me an email to Scott at ontheroadmedia.com.au. Scott at au. You make a request as long as it's Aussie, I'll try and make it happen for you. Now, the other thing I want you to do this week, if you would, uh, if you can, I've, I've got a friend, I mentioned this last week, I've got a friend and I've had some some um, information come through from various listeners, which is terrific, but I want to give him a lot more information. So what he wants to do is build a caravan park. He wants to build a caravan park and he wants to know what he should have in there that you want. So we're doing real, real survey. So whatever you want, you just let me know. It's scott at ontheroadmedia.com.au, Scott at ontheroadmedia.com.au and if you send me what you think should be in a caravan park, I'll see if we can get a proper caravan park built so everyone can enjoy it. I think that'd be terrific. But are you ready for Twilight Time with Billy Thorpe? I am. I'm ready. Here we go. Billy Thorpe Twilight Time. Hey, this is Scott Gibbons. This show is called On The Road. Here's Billy Thorpe for you.
2: Calling. It's twilight time Remember the setting song Where dreams are untold Seek a rendezvous In that same and sweet old way I'll fall in love again. Show
0: Billy Thorpe, don't you just love Billy Thorpe? I do, I do. Billy Thorpe was just, well, was just fabulous. So what about your meals on the road? Because there's nothing better. Holidayparksdownunder.com.au did this super thing about prepared meals or pre, as they call it, pre-prepared meals. But there's nothing better than just ripping into a, a hearty meal after a long drive and then you just heat it and you serve it and there's just a little fuss. So they've said that Pre-preparing the meals ahead of time, ahead I mean, of if, if it's just a short trip, and it's it's one way to save time when you get to the camp. And but you can take up a fair bit of cool storage on tour. So if you if you're doing it, just allow that you've got to allow, allow that you've got to allow. Isn't that silly? <laughs> Some storage space. Now, if you're into stews, but you're not great with coals, then those. Thermal insulated cookware, that might be a fantastic alternative on it because they're a little bit bulky, but they'll retain enough heat to slow cook a preheated recipe safely without a power source as you drive from camp to camp. Now, that might be a good thing. Now, your cold storage, fridges require less effort to keep items cool if your fridge is well packed and the items are pre-chilled. So if you're going to, and you've got to allow sufficient airflow as well, but you've got to chill your van or your camper fridge before you leave. So if, you, if you're allowing that you're going to go away tomorrow, then today you should turn your fridge on, whether it's gas, whether it's electric, whatever it be, just to ensure that it's got enough cold running through it because it does take time to cool down. Now, if you're going to use electric and you're at home, then make sure that you use a 10 to 15 amp adapter if you're hooking up as I say, at home or at someone else's place or whatever. Now, if you've got a few frozen bottles of water, that's one way to help support the cold storage in your fridge. So when you're cooling your fridge down, if you've got some cold water bottles or some pre-frozen cold water bottles, then they're good to put into your fridge to help lower the temperature to make it cool quicker. Now, remember, if you're going to use frozen water then squeeze some of the water out of the bottle or empty some of the water out of the bottle because as water freezes, it expands. So (laughs) good hint there, good hint. Saves you having a lot of mess to clean up. Now then, if you've got a frozen piece of meat, such as, say, a big uh, roast, something like that, then that's the same sort of thing because it, it will defrost over a day or two in your fridge. So if you've got that and you're going to use that in a couple of days then you can treat that like a big piece of ice as well. Now, you've got to pack your campsite pantry, if you can, for some one-pot meals. So when you're planning your camping meals, think about the tools That you're going to be working with because on the road you're dealing with smaller sinks and less power and fewer utensils and burners that are closer together and occasionally you might have a limited water supply so especially if you're going to go free camping that's something to allow so it's worthwhile having a few good one pot dishes up your sleeve that take less preparation space and use fewer elements and minimize cleaning up And then if you can, you can have some long-lasting veggies because that can really bulk out your meal, can't it? Really bulk it out. So that might be, say, butternut pumpkin or some capsicum or cabbage or carrots or onions or even potatoes. So choose what you'd use at home. Frozen veggies can work too because if you've got freezer storage, that would be terrific. So that's that's something to allow for. Now, the other thing you can do... Is it's time to check your cooking appliances and your power supplies and to think about your contingency plans, which will depend upon your setup and your destination. So it may be that it's easier to check if there's a nearby pub for a pub meal, or a club, or a supermarket. Uh, is there going to be gas? that you can get for your gas bottles if you need that? Is there somewhere fairly local that you can get that? And when are they open? What sort of hours are they going to be there? Uh, or are you, <laughs> you going to mess it all up and you just got to have cold beans out of a tin? <laughs> Maybe. But if you're in a caravan park, what services do they offer for food? Maybe reception has some um, some recipe not recipes, but some of the takeaway vouchers or takeaway menus, and some outlets will deliver to your campsite or to your caravan anyway. Now, if you're packing meat, work out how long you're going to be travelling for because if you eat meat, without a doubt, if it's sealed in cryovac, it will last a lot longer in the fridge, but some cuts will keep better than others. Bacon and sausages are regarded as being the ones to last the longest. Not around me. <laughs> but nevertheless, that's what they say. They last the longest. And as a general rule, if you use meat or poultry or diced meat first, that's the thing to do. Because, And then if, if you're then watch out for bones because the, the bones don't seal as well. Something to be aware of. And in the city, most supermarkets, they will probably carry cryovac meats, but smaller towns, you might get less choice. But you'll find many regional butchers they'll prepare it for cryovacking for you. And once you've decided on your meat, well, you pack that in order according to when you plan to eat it. So if you're especially travelling, say, with a chest-style fridge. And then you've got the, the, the just-add-water principle. So what constitutes a camping cooking essential, it depends on you. But anything that expands with water usually lasts longer. It takes up less room. So lentils and rice and pasta and oats, they, they're all great. They're all great. And if you've got an ongoing water supply, then that's just terrific. So whatever you are up for, seal the the leftovers in containers, and that's a good thing to do. And and broken packets are nightmares at camp, so make sure that you've got some containers that you can seal the leftovers and whatnot with. Condiments, if you need your flavours, like your salt and your pepper and your dry stock and your sauces and, oh, what else, your fats oils, thickeners like flour or sweeteners or spice blends or whatever, If you ca- you're going to carry less probably than what you have at home. So you've got to think strategically there, what do you really need? And then decant those into smaller containers because you're not going to use as much probably. And the same goes for your tea and coffee and uh, whatever else. So and if you've got good quality bread knife, if you enjoy bread, then consider getting an unsliced loaf if you're away from, from the shops for extended periods because Wraps are convenient as well. If you use those wraps, they're, oh, hellishly good, hellishly good. And then you've got the heavier stuff. So long-life groceries like juice and milk and milk alternatives in Tetra Packs, they're really convenient, as are your tin foods, and like your beans and your fruit and your tuna and your tomatoes, but they're heavier, so factor in the weight, if you would. And if you've got to pull-out pantry, then mark your tin food with a black pencil pen to save time so you're reading it from the top. You don't have to pull everything out and read the label. And then if you can, uh, write on there the expiry date as well so that you can see which order you've got to start using things in. If you like nuts or dried fruit, uh, there's plenty of things along there. Delicate fruit will last longer if it's stored chilled in a sealed container with some paper towel around it. And consider when you're travelling, if you're passing a biosecurity border, do you need to chuck anything out? Because some, especially in South Australia, uh they're they're not given second chances so (laughs) make sure if you're going to south australia beautiful place to go but they're really really tough if you're taking anything in that's fresh fruit or vegetable so make sure that you check that before you do anything and the other thing you've got to do is check out this song because this is just a beauty it's the sunny cowgirls and this is called uh, the rousey's oh what's it called rousey's life oh it's our beauty it's a beauty. You'll enjoy this. The Sunny Cowgirls are always good. But also allow that we, we do a charity uh, each week. We try and pick out one butte charity. And Rural Aid is the one I've selected for you this week. So if you really want a charity to support, Rural Aid is just terrific. They support rural Australia and they do some terrific things. So they're one of Australia's largest rural charities. They're well known for Buy a Bale. So if you know about Buy a Bail... Fabulous, But they also provide financial assistance and water and counselling to to farmers in times of drought or flood or fire. And they've got a whole bunch of things that they do. They really, really help. So they've got a vision, they've got a mission, and they've got a promise to ensure that your money is used transparently to provide effective and timely assistance. And if you want to, you can even help them because you can go on board and help them because they go onto farmers' land you know, some of the properties, and they will help them with refencing or feeding or whatever needs to be done. And of course, they're not able to do it all, and that's where you come in. So you can you can volunteer, you can fundraise, you can hold a fundraising event, create a fundraising page, you can you can volunteer, do whatever you want to do. So the way you go to is ruralaid.org.au r-u-r-a-l a-i-d dot ruralaid.org.au. So in the meantime. You ready for Rousey's life? This is going to be so good. This is the Sunny Cowgirls. Hey, this is Scott Gibbons. This show is called On The Road. Oh, it's good being On The Road with you. And now you've got something to eat when you're on the road. That'll be good. (laughs) Okay, here they come. The Sunny (laughs) Cowgirls.
3: Cheers too. the a damn good job the day is through. But I love life. Always on the go. Can't be slow. Sweating dust from head to toe. Waiting for the next mug-go. That's right. But work is work and that's okay. You have good fun and you earn your All day long it's fleeces, bellies, locks, stain wool and dags Don't get in the sheerest way I'm telling you there'll be hell to pay You gotta grab that fleece, sweep the board And make sure that broom don't hit the floor But I love the rousy life Always on the go Can't be slow Sweating dust from head to toe Wait for the next my go That's right But work is work and that's okay You have good fun and you earn your pay But I can't wait for that cut-out Friday
0: Oh uh, bet Betcha, the Sunny Cowgirl's got your little feet tapping. Don't they have a great sound? <laughs> Fabulous. Now, speaking of great sound, one of the greatest sounds you can have is water. And if you're going to have water, then it's got to be clean. If it's going to be clean, then you're going to have a good filter. And the best filter is an inline water filter, and that's best bestwaterfilters.com.au. And the reason I'm talking about that is because there was a terrific article I saw which says if you're spending a lot of time on the road, then sometimes you can maybe encounter some bad water. And bad water can have nasties in there that can cause diarrhoea or might have microorganisms that are not good and could cause problems with your tummy and, ah, horrible. So that's why you've got to have a good water filter. So bestwaterfilters.com.au. And water alone, if it's unboiled, some people think you should just boil all the water you drink. But one of the things to do for safe water supplies is to fill your water tank only from safe water supplies that are confirmed to be a potable source, such as, say, a campground or um, caravan park, whatever it be, somewhere that you know is good water. And then every six months... This is something that's recommended. Every six months you should sanitise your water tank, if you like, and you pour in about a quarter cup of bleach, is what they say, quarter cup of bleach, into about 50 or 60 gallons, uh, sorry, 50 or 60 litres of your water. And then... you're best to do that when you're driving back from a trip so you know that's your last day and you're going to be driving home so don't drink that water do not drink that water but what you'll find is that your van or your camper trailer or whatever it be it'll swish that water around swish 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 and then when you get home you empty it out now when you empty it out you empty it out a couple of times like you empty it out and then fill your tank empty it out again fill your tank empty it out again so that your tank is is clean 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 because it you know, Then the other thing to do is to keep the ends of your water hose out of the dirt, you know, so don't leave it on the ground, when you're filling your tank. So don't sort of finish filling your tank. Put the hose down on the ground and think that's nice because there can be nasties. So when you store your hose, you make sure that it's in a good... Some people recommend like a cloth bag. It could be a vinyl cloth bag, but something that breathes, which is good. And then when possible, uh, whenever you're filling up your water make sure that you use your hose. Now, bearing in mind, your hose should be a water-quality hose. So don't use your garden hose because you'll end up with a a nasty plastic-tasting water. So you've got to use... You can have a plastic hose... But it's water quality, so it won't it won't give you that plasticky taste. So that's something to be really aware of. If you want to talk to someone who's done it, and they'll tell you, ah, oh, it's horrible, horrible, horrible. <laughs> so don't fill your water tank from if you can. You don't try not to fill your water tank up from a, a dump station hose. You know, because you use that hose for rinsing down. So don't use that hose <laughs> to fill up your water because you can put some nasties straight into your water tank, and that's going to muck your tummy up, I would reckon, and all the rest of the water. And then, of course, after you've used the dump station, make sure that you wash your hands really well and use some of that sanitizer that we've all become so used to. But, yeah, having a good filter is one of the things there, and that's, that's good. Now, some people suggest you don't have to use uh, just the bleach. You can put in some uh, some raspberry cordial, and swish that around and that will take away some of the bad taste. But the bleach part is to get rid of the germs. So just allow for that. Now, the other thing you've got to allow for is off-road systems because if you're going to get a set of drawers, if you've got a four-wheel drive or a ute or whatever, then you've got to have a... Well, I don't say you've got to have, but it's a good idea to have a set of drawers. And if you're going to have a set of drawers, the good idea of the good idea is to have an off-road system set of drawers because they're 100% Aussie-owned. They're made in Australia They're owned by Australians and and all the workers out there, oh, they're fabulous. So they're, they're produced right here in New South Wales, but they send them all the way around Australia. So whatever you want. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing, that you can have their set of drawers customised to suit you, and that's clever. So you can have it customised to suit you. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? So if you want marine carpet upholstery or you want uh, draw liners or you want an aluminium frame or you want galvanised steel frame, whatever you want, they make. Now, they've got a whole bunch, a whole bunch of features that you can have and and they've also got things that are called frequently asked questions. So you can go onto their website, which is offroadsystems.com.au and you can see all the things that they'll do for you. One of the things they'll do, and they've got, as I say, steel frame, or they've got aluminium frame, but they will customise your set of drawers. So if you've got specific needs, that's the place you've got to go. Because they're Australian, you're not getting something that's prefaced, so if you want it done, they will install it for you there, or they'll ship it to you wherever you are in Australia. So grab your pencil, I'll give you the phone number now. It's 46, so it's a 02 number, 02-4647-6322, four, seven, six, three, double two. And I think that's just, I think it's fabulous. They are a great, great company. Now, if you want something great, then you've got to have a lovely way. If you're going to have a lovely way to put drawers in your car, then you go to off-road systems. But if you want to sing such a lovely way, then you've got to have the group. And if you when you listen to the group sing this, oh, it's so good. It's a really good song. But you'll hear Glenn Shorick singing because Glenn shorick has been around he's still around. <laughs> still around. He's so good. So this is the group singing such a lovely way. You enjoy that. Hey this is Scott Gibbons. This show is called On the Road. We are on the road with you. Oh, it's so good. They're going to open up some borders for us. Is that just terrific? Is that just terrific? Oh, it's like Christmas all over again, but with open borders. (laughs) So nice. All right, here we go. We're going to have the group. Such a lovely way. And if you want more of the show, you just go onto our website, which is ontheroadmedia.com.au, ontheroadmedia.com.au. If you want to hear it again and again and again and again, you go on there, just go to the podcast or you'll find us on Spotify. You'll find us. We're there for you. Here we go. The group. Such a lovely way.
1: to This wanting you is so too much Just holding on Knowing that you want me too Such a lovely way Such a lovely way
0: Ah, the group. I like the group. I like the group so much. (laughs) Now, BM Pro. Do you know about BM Pro? They're an Australian company. They're Australian-made, Australian-owned. And as they say, they've been doing it for 50 years. They've been making power solutions in Australia. So they're bred in Melbourne, inspired by the great Australian outdoors. And they say they're the number one in RV power management. So that's terrific. But one of the good things that they've done is they've they've put through some things which is called the 12-volt guru tip of the month. And one of the things there is to service your emergency breakaway system regularly. Now, that's something really good to know. So check that the connecting cable, check your pull pin at the trailer hitch, make sure it activates the system and that your battery... Is charged with the capacity to perform fifteen minutes of activation before you start the trip. That's good to know. That's good to know. So the other thing that they've talked about is what size inverter do you need? So what if if you if you're going to uh, if maybe you want to take your coffee machine away with you? <laughs> so they said you know, if you're going free camping, the whole idea of going camping was to get away from all the stuff that you can go a couple of days without a coffee machine or without a microwave and maybe even without air conditioning. But, you know, we all get a little bit softer, don't we? So they talk about answering that question. And one of the things you've got to do is to allow what size inverter. So big is better. And, yeah, that could work for you. But you'll also pay for increased capacity. And if you're not using it, then why waste it? You know, why waste the money if if you're only looking to power, say, a small pod coffee machine and charge maybe a few electrical devices like your smartphone and whatever, then they reckon you might get away with a thousand watt inverter. So to calculate the size of the inverter, you need to consider a couple of issues. Now, you might want your pencil here so you can write down a couple of these questions. And again... If you happen to miss them, you can come back onto the podcast anytime. You just go to ontheroadmedia.com.au, go through the podcasts, and you'll find this show there. And this show is number 72, so you find it nice and easy. So firstly, how many devices do you need to run at the one time? Now, maybe you don't need to run them all at the one time, but, and if you don't, that's good. So if you don't need to run your coffee machine with your hairdryer, with your microwave, all at once, then... A smaller inverter will work for you, so that's going to save you some money and it's going to save you some power. Now, secondly, they say check that the electrical specifications of your devices that you wish to power and they should clearly state the amount of energy in watts, W-A-T-T-S, in watts, W-A-T-T-S, the watts that's required. So remember to check your peak current and, and they'll tell you, more about that. Uh, I'll tell you more about that when they tell me more about that. But <laughs> your battery bank size has an impact on the size of the inverter which you can utilise. So they say that if you've uh, if your battery is a hundred amp hour battery, then your inverter size that you can use is say a thousand to twelve hundred watts. If it's a two hundred amp hour battery, two thousand watts. If it's a three hundred amp hour battery, three thousand watts. Here's where it gets tricky. If it's a 400-amp-hour battery, still 3,000 watts. So what they're saying is modified or pure sine wave inverter. we try and give you some of the information now so that when you're looking at this stuff, you've got some clue. So their standard recommendation would be to go for pure sine, and sine is S-I-N-E, so pure sine wave inverter, simply because it can cope with more sensitive electronics. That's good. That's good. So they're a little bit more expensive. However, a pure sine wave inverter will consume less energy. It operates at a lower temperature and it works with a wider variety of electronics. So that's good. And it doesn't have the noise. It doesn't have the hum and the crackle that maybe you get in some of the others. So your battery capacity and weight... This comes into it. So while you're buying a new inverter and investing in that, you need to consider if your battery bank capacity that you already have is suitable for your requirements. So if you've got a lead acid, an AGM deep cycle battery, then you can only discharge that to about 50% state of charge capacity, whereas with a lithium, and we've talked about lithium before, uh, Peter Fenwick and I had a really good yarn about lithium batteries. They're well uh, they're, they're capable of being discharged to around about 90 to 95%. That is phenomenal. And then with a the lithium battery being half the weight. So what that means is that you'd need two 100-amp-hour AGM batteries to equal one 100-amp-hour lithium in capacity. But if you have the two 100-amp-hour AGM batteries, then you're going to double your weight to over 50K, 50 kilograms, with the two AGM batteries, instead of just 13 kilograms for one lithium. So, you know, lithium looks like it's just going to take over the world. It's just fabulous. So I hope that helps you. I hope that helps you. Now, another product you've got to be aware of is Grant's Toothpaste. So this is, oh, beautiful, Grant's. It's Grant's of Australia, and they are just a terrific company. So they've got a whole bunch of toothpaste. So, you know, when you go and buy your normal toothpaste and you buy one of those massive brands that are mainly owned by overseas people. I think nearly all of them are owned by overseas people. Well, Grants has actually been around since 1985. It's Australian-owned, it's Australian-operated, it's created by an Australian family, and they wanted to find a toothpaste that the whole family could use. And there was a huge gap in the market at the time, so they simply made their own, and that's how Grants of Australia was born. So it was named, (laughs) this is quite funny, they named it after the street that they were living on. So Grants was designed to be an affordable, natural, natural, natural dental care, which can be used by adults and children, and the entire range tastes, looks, and feels like your traditional mainstream toothpaste, but it's free from fluoride and SLSs and gluten. So all the toothpastes are completely... Cruelty-free, of course, and they're certified vegan, so uh, aside from the propolis uh, flavour. And instead of using artificial and sugary sweet ingredients, the, the Grant's toothpaste, G-R-A-N-T-S, Grant's, and you buy them at Woolies and Coles and all the big stores, they're flavoured with natural Herbal extracts and enriched with naturally powerful ingredients to help assist with dental health. So they've got a whole bunch. They've got uh, whitening toothpaste if you want whitening. That's got baking soda in it. It's got uh, there's the sensitive one with mint. If you know if you got sensitive mouth, there's mild mint. There's fresh mint. Uh, there's uh, there's one called propolis with mint. That's a, again a natural toothpaste. And then they've got kids ones. You know how kids don't like to taste that savage mint that the adults trying to get onto. Well, they have a kid's natural toothpaste, which is blueberry burst. That's <laughs> so you can have blueberry burst. And I think they've got another one, which is strawberry surprise. So for kids, they get to clean their teeth uh, and it's a little bit sweeter, but it's not made of sugar and stuff. So there you go. It's clever. It's got strawberry flavoring. It's a great alternative to the sickly sweet mainstream one. So there you go. That's something. So toothpaste, it's one of those things that out of sight, out of mind, until you need to use it, isn't it? Out of sight, out of mind. And why don't we have the model? So grants you'll find Grant's Australian, made Australian-owned toothpaste. So the models are going to sing out of sight, out of mind for you. you ready for this? You're gonna, now this peaked at number one in Australia in 1985. Now you'll remember the song because it's been used in a number of commercials. number of commercials so you'll sing the song you might even sing the jingle along with it (laughs) i don't know so here we go the models out of mind out of sight here we go hey it's scott gibbons this show is called on the road i love being on the road with you it's terrific and we're opening up again oh such good news here we go the models Uh, The model's out of sight, out of mind. Have you had a good time today? Have you had a good time? Oh, I have. I have. Oh, it's so good. We're about to be open up again. I know I keep repeating it because it's so exciting. Australia's going to be Australia again very, very shortly. But at least we can now go, it looks like, to Victoria if you're from New South Wales, maybe Queensland if you're from New South Wales, and maybe South Australia and the Northern Territory. Oh, fabulous. So I'm going to do some work this week on some... Terrific places that we can now go and we'll get some more Aussie music for you. Now, if you've got a song request, an Aussie song request, you just send me an email, Scott, at ontheroadmedia.com.au, Scott at on the You tell me the Aussie song that you want, and we'll try and slip it in there for you. And the other thing is, don't forget I've got a friend that's that's wanting to build a caravan park and he wants the clues on what you want, what you want in a caravan park, and that way he knows what you want, and that way he knows what he's got to provide. So there you go, a bit of help. In the meantime, I reckon we're just going to have something wonderful to look forward to while Australia opens up. If you're going to have something wonderful, you've got to have Doug Parkinson and the questions, haven't you? So you enjoy this. If you haven't heard this before, this is something wonderful. It's Doug Parkinson and the questions. Hey, this is Scott Gibbons. This is called On The Road, the show. It's fabulous being with you. And you find us anytime, podcast galore ontheroadmedia.com.au. Find us on Spotify. And we're also on the Vast Satellite Network, so we go nationally. So it's terrific. All right, we'll see you next week. Here's something wonderful, Doug Parkinson and the questions.